Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the imperturbable Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Chilling, man. Chilling. It's chilling like a villain. I'm just calm. I'm 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 not reading into anything over the first two games of the spring training. I, That's right. The, that the, <laughs> I'm that I'm, I'm what one. you might call Ben imperturbable. Imperturbable. Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you're clamoring for Sutsugo to be our opening day uh, first baseman. I, I hear them clamoring already that Otto Lopez should be our our um, our shortstop because he's hit one home run and he did hit a ball hard today too. So Otto Lopez should definitely be the the shortstop over Luciano. I, I can hear Giants Nation screaming and clamoring. At least Giants Nation that's on the Twitter formerly known as Twitter, and we all know how astute they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know better, Matthew. You know better. You know that spring training and especially spring training stats don't mean anything. Nope. Right? Not a thing. Right. Well, wow, I already broke into my question. I guess, yeah. I guess I guess I should just jump into the question. I should just jump into the question then because I just actually I just said it. I just said the question. You did. Do spring training numbers matter, Matthew? Let me think about this. <laughs> no. No, yeah, because that's what you already you already said. But what about this, Matthew? Last year, Brett Wisely hit two home runs in the month of February, and Giants fans thought he was the second coming until August. When they realized that they're fans and they don't run the team, and there's a reason for that. Um, so you're telling me that we should not want Sutsugo as our opening day first baseman and Otto Lopez probably hasn't locked down the shortstop job just yet. First of all, I don't even know who the Sugo guy is that you're keep referring to. Sutsugo? Uh, I don't Yeah. Um, he's, he's a former, he's a former Pittsburgh pirate, Matthew. Oh. That, that should tell you everything you need to know. Yes. The pirates let him go. So <laughs> by all means, let him be our starting first baseman. Uh, yeah. Spring training, especially the first two games of spring training mean nothing. Absolutely well, nothing. Giant. That's I mean, good. Yeah, it is good. And I keep telling myself that because, you know, the first two games weren't all that great, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Giants don't care about those results and they use other advanced metrics to really determine who their players are. And most the roster's already been set. There's not going to be any surprise guy you know, that has decided to be or that, you know, plays out of his mind and and, and steals a roster spot. Maybe Otto Lopez could be that guy. Right. 
But I think that's probably he's, the only he's, guy. Yeah, that is the only guy. And he's not going to be the starter. It's going to be Luciano. And yeah. and so for everyone just after one spring training game or two spring training games to anoint people and decide it, it that just doesn't happen. The Giants have too much data and too much resources devoted to certain players for there to be any other outcome than what it's already, that everybody already knows what's going to happen. There's not going to be any, you know, Otto Lopez was brought in to be that backup, you know, hopefully for Luciano. And, and so you could definitely see that happening. And maybe if Luciano just, you know, decides or doesn't play well, then Lopez could get an opportunity but he's not right. going to be starting opening day as shortstop. It's just not going right. to happen. I, I mean, I think the biggest is is that he's brought in for for injury insurance, really, which is really all of these. If you're looking for battles, it's like the guys who are going to fill in if there is an injury or step up, you know, if somebody gets injured early in the season, right? Like that's really where a lot of these fringe guys are going to become relevant is when people get hurt. And let's face it, somebody always starts off the season hurt. And people get hurt throughout the season. But agreed, like spring training numbers are absolutely and completely meaningless. And so one important thing to remember is that a lot of these guys, they're going up to just get at bats or they're going up to work on things and throw pitches or take an approach that they wouldn't normally take in a competitive environment. Right. And so their results are therefore going to be inferior. Right. Right. Like a pitcher might be working on a particular new pitch and he's trying to throw strikes with it. Right. Maybe he has a breaking ball that he's trying to throw for strikes. And so he ends up throwing up some hangers. Right. And those are going to get hammered. And those wouldn't necessarily be normal pitches that he would throw in a competitive environment. But now he's throwing them because he's working on the pitch. Right. Well, and so, yeah, case in point was Tom Murphy was interviewed today after today's game and about Kyle Harrison and Tom Murphy said something to the effect that they could have just kept throwing the fastball and guys wouldn't have been able to hit it. But he specifically said, but this is spring training and we're working on things. And so we made Harrison actually have to pitch. And I think that's a perfect example of the attitude that they go into these each starts is not to, oh, let's win the game or let's pitch our best. It's let's work on certain things because these games don't mean anything. That's right. And so the good news is, folks, these first two games that you saw out of your San Francisco Giants don't really matter and are totally and completely irrelevant. And that's a good thing because, boy, did they stink. Anyway, today is Sunday, February 25th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants have played baseball in the year 2024. And 16-year-old Ben is kind of stunned by that. But Unknown aged Ben is not because, you know, that's how time works one day after another, right? And the next thing you know, your whole life is wasted. You buy and you're sitting in your closet drinking booze just so that you can have a little bit of fun in your life. You okay? Wait, what? Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, man, I dropped an S bomb. The Giants were one and one this week. No, sorry, one, oh, and one. 
like a hockey line no. here. The Giants oh, were one, one and oh, one. Oh, one and one. God, man, look at that. The <laughs> optimist in me. God, I even wrote it down wrong. They're oh, one and one. You're right. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, is what you meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because they lost the first game of spring training to the Chicago Cubs and looked abysmal until Mr. Sutsugo hit a two run. Uh, I think it was a double, or no, he took base on the on the throw. Uh, a two run, two out, bottom of the ninth hit to make the score eight to two, before Mister Otto Lopez hit a two run home run. And then they got the next guy out, and the Giants lost eight to four. But really, folks, let's face it, they lost eight to nothing on opening on the first day, and uh, and good old Webb took why, the why, loss. Why? Why? Why are you not giving him credit for the last you know two outs of the game? Like I mean, because that's... it was Sutsugo and Otto Lopez, Matthew. Is Sutsugo going to be on the team? We just had this conversation. We just talked about it. Right. Sutsugo is not going to be on the 26-man roster. He's not going to win Wade or Flores' job. Correct, correct. But you know who also is not going to be on the roster is T. Romero and Seymour and Avila and guys that like just got innings to pitch, right? So That's true. I don't, so, you know, you can you can spin this any way you want. It's a spring training game that guys right. that are playing that won't matter in like six weeks. You're right. You're right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Giants went 0-1-1 this weekend, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Guys got at bats. And you know what? Soler didn't play. Lee didn't play. Luciano didn't play. So, you know, we, we still got a lot of guys that we got to get out there. And also, you know, the pitchers always start ahead of the hitters anyway. So, you know, everything's fine. But let's see. What else happened this week? Oh, snap. Mr. Pavlovich. You know him. He writes for, he's a, he's the NBC reporter. He's the, he's the, guy the Giants that, insider, Ben. That's right. That's right. He even has a podcast. I hear they have almost as many listeners as we do. Over there with, uh, with with Nepo baby Cole Kuiper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's not true. I mean, this is probably true. I mean, I actually really I, like I, him, but total Nepo baby. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That's hey, that's how you got this job, right? <laughs> totally, Nepotism. I'm your brother. Total Nepo baby, definitely. <laughs> wow. Wow, just coming out strong, Mr. Henry. I like it. I like it. Well, anyway, Mr. Pavlovich took some photographs this weekend, just so you know, because he's an insider and it was like picture day and they were all wearing their uniforms. And I don't know, folks, if you've heard this, but the uniforms this year are basically Little League uniforms. Uh, and maybe lower I quality I don't than remember that. in Little League ever showing my junk. Like, I don't, I don't think that, in fact, they were really thick pants that yeah, like, you know, just, they weren't you sl- but that's, that's because you're, you're a hundred years old, Matthew. And back then everything was made out of super thick wool. It was. Yes. Right? So, yeah. I, but you know, at least they didn't show off my junk while I was taking photos. Right. Well, you're jumping ahead of things. You're jumping ahead of things. Okay. okay? Like there's a story. Every, there's a progression knows, to here. Ben. Everybody knows. Pavlovich, Pavlovich took some photographs. Of Casey Schmidt's mustache, quote. I'm doing air quotes here, folks. <laughs> he took pictures of Casey Schmidt's mustache, and then he tweeted a photo about said mustache. And everybody took a close look at that photo, and they were like, "I don't, 
I'm not I looking don't... at the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at these see-through pants this poor kid is wearing. So I, I think Casey, Casey Schmidt, Schmidt gained a lot of fans this week. Yeah, that, I, that's all I know. I think he probably did, but still, that's got to suck. Like, he's probably going to put a brave face on and laugh and joke about it, but la- man, that's 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 just lame. It's just lame. But anyway, the pants are three see-through, folks. That's the long and short of it. Major League Baseball has run out uniforms that are, I mean, folks, you if you wouldn't buy these in a store. These are these are the uniforms that they sell on Wish, right? I mean, this right. is yeah. this is yeah. like the Wish version of of MLB uniforms. And and this is like, I mean, this is corporate America at its worst, right? And and it's just like a bunch of business people all got together. They all signed, signed a bunch of contracts. I bet you there was a lot of handshaking. I bet you they even had drinks together. You know, folks, I've been there. We do things like that. It's it's great when you're there and you're the one drinking the free drinks, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. That's why we do it. But let me tell you, we're not up there thinking about the fans and the ball players. Right, we're thinking about the deal and the exposure and what this means for our career. Oh, oh there was exposure, Ben. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There was plenty of exposure, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So to make a long story short, somebody outsourced to somebody else, and now we got crappy see-through uniforms. And Major League Baseball, of course, is saying nothing about it. They're saying they're they're just giving us all the 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 standard corpo response, which is like, this is fine. That's in making a nothing out of nothing. Uh, anyway, tell that to Casey Schmidt and all his new admirers. But anyway, so that's what happened this week. The Giants with the Giants, they they played some real baseball. They had some big hits from Otto Lopez and Tsutsugo. I got to figure out his first name. While I no, do that, no, Matthew. No, you don't because, I mean, he's never going to play for the Giants. I, mean, he's just uh, I don't, guys. but I'm going to say his name a lot because... Because obviously, I'm really impressed that you even say it. Do Yoshi? His name is Yoshi. Yoshi Sutsugo, Matthew, and he has uh, played in Major League Baseball for three full seasons. Well, three seasons. He's played 182 games across three years for the Rays and the Dodgers and the Pirates. So, former Dodger Yoshi Sutsugo, hero. Of game one. Well, I mean, I don't know. They lost eight to four. So. <laughs> he made the game respectable or semi-respectable. He le- allowed the game to continue so that Otto Lopez could hit a home run so that Giants fans could clamor for Lopez over Luciano for the next six months because Lopez hit a home run in February. That's what that's, that's what Yoshi did. That's how it works. Yeah. All right. Hit us with the trivia question. Oh, yeah. Trivia question. All right. So... There's been a lot of talk about how the Giants are basically rolling with a very young and inexperienced rotation outside of Logan Webb. And so it got me thinking. And I looked back at the 2010 season, which ended quite well for the Giants, if you don't remember. Uh, And so to begin the 2010 season, the Giants starting rotation consisted of the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Tim Lincecum. Matt Kane, Jonathan Sanchez, and Barry Zito. And this guy, who was eventually replaced by a 20-year-old Madison Bumgarner. Who is he? Ben, who was the fifth giant starter to begin the 2010 season? And you might as well just say Suyoshi Shinjo, because you, know, you will never get... 
who this is. He's been lost to the 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 history of the Giants. Suyoshi Shinjo was never a pitcher. And hang on, I'm. You know I'm who doing... was though? Then just say Pablo Pablo Sandoval, who's you know also relevant um... nowadays. Hello. He's, not, he's about to explode, folks. His brain is working overtime. I see steam coming out of his ears. He's really thinking hard, which is saying a lot for Ben. Oh, no. I may have broken him. Trevor he's... McDuff. Trevor McDuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know if I... that's a real person, but okay, we will go I, with Trevor McDuff. Not... It's not a real person. I, I was trying to think of an old name, but I couldn't. I couldn't get the guy's name out of my mind, out of, uh, in, into my head. So, all right, that's what well, I'm, going I'm going well, with Trevor McDuff. Right, we'll see how good old Trevor McDuff stacks up to the trivia question at the end of the episode. Oh man, <laughs> you know that's showing. that's 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 kind of sad that you couldn't even come up with a uh, like a you know a Mc. A, a Emerson McDufferson or something. I don't know. I don't even know. But, uh... <laughs> Trevor, Trevor McDuff. Look, <laughs> you know, first of all, I'm going to just do a quick search on baseball reference here. Trevor. Trevor. There's lots of Trevors. There ain't no Trevor McDuff. <sighs> There's no Trevor McDuffs. <laughs> Are there any McDuffs? There was one McDuffie. Yes. Yes. Good old. <laughs> Terrace. Harris and he played for, he was in the Negro Leagues. Oh, all right. Yeah, so. Enough with the banter. Let's uh, talk oh. cocktails. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Thanks, Bob. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, snap. It's my turn. Listen, Bob, thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. I have a special announcement to make before I get into my, my cocktail. Um, so, last October... I presented, I, I declared October as my month of bitterness. And and I know that that's really my role on the show. I was going to say, it's like to, more than a month, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's my role on the show is to represent all the cynics and the negative people. And, and that, that's because I'm a cynic and I'm negative. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, like, let's face it. Like, I don't feel that strongly about Farhan. Like, I don't think, I don't think he's done what he's supposed to do, which is like create a farm system that creates a lot of great players. That was the main part of the, you know, that was their main goal. Hasn't happened yet. But but here I am already. Yeah. Okay. So that's the last negative thing I'm going to say for the next month about Farhan Zaidi. I had my month of bitterness. The next month I am declaring as my month of sweetness slash positivity. It's spring training. Everybody's tied for first place. Everybody has the same chance of winning the World Series, Matthew. The Colorado Rockies could be the World Series champions of 2024. <laughs> the, no, no, they could the, the San Francisco Giants could be the World Series champions of 2024. And this is true. I, they could. I believe. And you know what really got me to believing was last week when I talked through what the strategy is. The strategy is to lean on the young pitching, have that get you through halfway through the season, have Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray come back into the rotation and. 
And then, you know, Solaire will be hitting bombs into September, and that will push the Giants into the third or second wild card, definitely not the first. And then they're going to take that dominant rotation with their just absolutely stunningly good defensive catcher and just blaze through the playoffs. They're going to annihilate the evil Dodgers and the NLCS because they're just going to shut that offense down as often happens to the Dodgers in the postseason, right? They just keep adding offense and that offense just keeps getting shut down in the postseason. And then the Giants are going to waltz into the World Series in six games. And then they're going to win the World Series in five against whichever podunk AL wildcard team makes it. That's happening. Are you drunk? <laughs> yes, Bob, I'm very drunk. <laughs> I am drunk on the hay fever. And what's in a hay fever? Well, folks, a hay fever is one and a half ounces of gin, one ounce of elderflower liqueur, half a teaspoon of absinthe, and four ounces of club soda or ginger beer if you want it to be on the sweeter side. Take your gin, your elderflower liqueur, and your absinthe and add them to a highball glass with ice, top with club soda or the ginger beer, and then stir very gently to combine, folks. In fact, you may want to stir the elderflower liqueur and the gin and absinthe together before you add the ice and then do everything else because you don't want to disturb your bubbles with the stirring. The more you stir your bubbles, the more they'll dissipate. But that's all beside the point. This is the month of sweetness, the month of positivity, Matthew. And I have to start it now in February because I can't be positive by opening day. <laughs> right? Because like opening day is just going to be honest. And like on opening day, I'm going to have to say what I actually think about the opening day roster. And I have to th say what I really believe. Okay? So it's got to start now. The month of positivity starts now. The month of sweetness starts now. The sweet cocktails will follow. Elderflower liqueur is a little bit sweet. I mean, sorry, the, the hay fever is a little bit sweet. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It's pretty good. I like it. It's very drinkable. Smooth. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Before I get into my drink, it reminds me of opening day of our first year of podcasting. I think our one of our very first episodes was called the opening day gut punch. And That's right. We, that was my cocktail. Yeah, and we had such a we had high hopes, you know, and then that that first game was awful. We coughed up a lead in the ninth inning, if I recall, to the Seattle Mariners. And uh but then we went ahead and won 107 games. So baseball's on And that's happening. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. It's happening, folks. All right. In Farhan, we trust. That's right. Yeah. Ben is being positive. I know some of you, it may take a little getting used to. It's definitely weird for me too. You gotta listen, you gotta listen between the lines, if you know what I mean. Gonna, <laughs> Ben's I'm Ben's gonna be as positive I'm, as he can. Let's, I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm still with you. You know what side I'm on. So Bob, I'm sorry, but here here here's I'm drinking a cocktail called the ninth inning. And the reason it's called the ninth inning is because it's kind of a digestif that you have at the end of your meal. And uh, that's what I decided to call it. Go listen to Thursday's happy hour episode if you want to know more. But what's in a ninth inning? It's got two ounces of rye whiskey, three quarter ounces of cherry hearing, a half ounce of creme de cacao, one dash of Aztec chocolate bitters, and one dash of cherry bitters. 
You add all those ingredients, uh, except the, you know, well, I haven't mentioned the garnish. We're going to garnish it with a Luxardo cherry. So you add all those ingredients, except the garnish, into a mixing glass with ice. Stir vigorously for 30 seconds until well chilled, and you'll strain it into a Nick and Nora glass and garnish by dropping one Luxardo cherry into the glass. And you're going to express orange oils from an orange twist over the glass and deposit that into the glass as well. And you get this very boozy, sweet, wonderful cocktail, the ninth inning. That's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yeah, Bob, it, it is. And uh, it's it's very boozy. So, you know, come on and enjoy your ninth inning with me. Speaking of drinking cocktails, Ben. Mm-hmm. You yes. had promised that you would drink a Negroni for each That's of the right. big four of Scott of Scott Boris's clients to sign yeah. with the Giants. The the Boris horses. The Boris horses. The Boris That's four. Well, the Boris stable. You have been uh, relieved of at least one Negroni. That's right. One of the horses has broken out of the barn, folks. It turns out he did want to eat, and he was tired of not eating. So he's getting some bargain basement food. It's funny and how $80 million one. is considered bargain basement. <laughs> I want bargain basement food. Listen, you know, I mean, we've, this is how much their industry, this is the amount of money their industry generates. <laughs> like this is, I don't even know that this is capitalism. Like this is like, this is like supply and demand. Yeah. This is yeah. this is like, you know, Go read Adam Smith. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. This is economics, right? Like this industry generates this much money. Where would you rather have that money go? Well, do you want it to go to the players or the owners? Well, a lot of it goes to the owners, so some of it should go to the players and there's not very many of those, so sometimes they get 80 million dollars and it's a discount. But I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that's one less ex Dodger that's going to be a giant. That's one less guy who didn't want to be a giant that I get to stop talking about. And that's one less Negroni that I don't have to drink. And that's what matters the most. <laughs> I never wanted this guy anyway. Well, and it, it's not really news that he didn't sign with the Giants. I think he was the least likely out of the four Agreed. to sign with the Giants because Especially their outfield signed, is yeah. quite full. Yes. Uh, and their first base position is quite full. So to sign Bellinger meant there would have been a lot of movement after the fact. And right. so Bellinger signing is not a bad thing for the Giants. In fact, I would argue it's a good thing, particularly because of the contract that Bellinger signed. Three-year, $80 million with opt-outs after the first and the second year. And I think it's like $30 million, $30 million, and then $20 million. Yeah, player opt-outs. Player, player opt-outs, opt yes. Yeah. So so that kind of contract is a far cry from what many of the prognosticators thought that he would sign. I think what Fangrass may have mentioned, I think it was like 12, 12 years, like $295 million or something like that. Something absurd. And so he is far off of what many had thought he would get, which really is a good thing for Farhan Zaidi, who has basically told Boris that you're you're asking for too much and we're not going to entertain what you're asking for. 
And he's even told the media, and I'm sure Boris, is that they're done because they are not going to consider the Boris prices at the And so then when Bellinger signs for a major discount, now you think that Farhan's going to be like, oh, so now things are a little bit different. And maybe you get a Blake Snell on a you know, two year, three year deal with op player opt outs. Maybe you can get a Jordan Montgomery for less than what you had thought. I, I don't know, but I, all I do know is that the giants probably are smiling right now because I think it definitely means that the, the players are getting antsy and they want to sign and they're willing to bring down some of their exorbitant asking prices. Well, I mean, the consensus seems to be, I think, amongst fans and amongst the pundits, everybody except me, because I'm 100% behind Farhan in this one. Like, Farhan, whatever Farhan wants to do, like, I, I believe in. And and so what I'll say is, is that everybody seems to think that the Giants roster is not finished. But when they added Solaire, I think they absolutely said Bellinger was not an option. Right. Yeah. Like just because that was going to cloud everything up. And I see that look you're giving me. <laughs> you don't like this at all. Um, I, so, I, it's just really weird to hear you talking positively about Farhan. I'm, I'm right. A hard right. Time no, I mean, this was like F- Bellinger. I know there's a lot of Gi- Giants fans out there who are upset that the Giants didn't get Bellinger. Bellinger was never on the Giants radar. Never. Like he's a center fielder who can also play first base. And the Giants were stacked at first base and they went out. They had a different target for center field and they got that guy. Also a Boris client. That's right. Also a Boris client. But the reason they got okay, look, that's not the same thing, though. He had to sign by a deadline. He had a deadline by which he had to sign. Good point. Good point. Right? Yeah. And so 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 Lee Boris was not going to play his like waiting game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Boris could not play his waiting game, which he loves to do. I think, I mean, if the Giants decide that they need to go out and get another player, then I do, I agree. I think this is a great sign because this is a sign that 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 Boris and his clients are starting to crack. That that a lot of teams out there feel like they don't need to pay those prices. And I think what the players are, that these teams are really balking against are the long contracts. They do not want to be tied down for 10, 8, six years unless the player is super special and i mean special from a marketing standpoint like you can sign shohei otani for 10 years because shohei otani is going to be an asset to that team forever to an entire country the dodgers will always be making money and reaping benefits from this 10-year contract that they given to they've given to shohei otani beyond anything that he does on the field. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, and Matt Chapman, they don't have that. They're not generational players. They're not guys that can like come in and make you money when they're 50 years old. They probably aren't going to make you money when they're 40 years old. So no, when they would not. still be under contract in most of the deals that they want. So... They're asking for way, way too much. And so this is a good sign. This is a sign that Boris and his clients are starting to crack. And absolutely, if Farhan decides that what we, that's what we need, then fine. But it was never going to be Bellinger. 
But let's talk about who it might have been, because I think the other three guys, those guys are more possibilities. I personally don't really want to see them get, well, I don't want to see them get any of these three guys. Because first of all, here's the thing. If those guys wanted to be Giants, they'd be Giants. I want guys who want to be San Francisco Giants. And if Matt Chapman, with all of his connections and all of the things that make sense, wanted to be a San Francisco Giant, he would be a San Francisco Giant right now. He clearly doesn't want it because he isn't. Like, that guy has full control. If he wanted to be a giant, he would be one. He's not, so clearly he doesn't want to be. Well, I, I think it's more complicated than that. Really, what they want is the biggest contract, and they're willing well, to sure. play the biggest contract from the, the, and yeah, and he'd take that from the Rockies or the Nationals because he doesn't right. care. He doesn't care where he plays. He well, doesn't no, care but about I think winning. Most players don't care. I mean, you know, outside of the the international players that we saw this year, who are like, oh, I always wanted to be a Dodger. I mean, it, it, they always wanted to be a Dodgers, and the Dodgers just happened to give them like one of the biggest contracts. Although we did learn, I guess, that uh, the Phillies outbid the Dodgers for uh, Yamamoto uh, this year, and uh, the and Yamamoto chose to go to the Dodgers anyway. So I don't know. I I, I don't know if I buy that whole. You just, you know, the, the, they don't want to be a giant. They want to get the biggest contract they can. And they're negotiating, they're playing a game right now to see how right. far they can well, go. And that's, and that's fine. I think that's all well and good until spring training starts. And now it's like, you know what? Show up. Well, and that's, be that's a good why teammate. Bellinger signed. Show Bellinger cracked. He was like, I need right. to be there. Yeah. Well, maybe that, yeah. So Cody Bellinger, Dodger is the biggest of the three is the biggest of the four. He's the best man of the four. The others are just, ugh, blech. Don't want them. Well, they they yeah, all well, taste like Negronis to me. You don't, don't want, want them. Any, don't then, want any. But then Keaton Wynn comes down with an elbow injury this year and, yeah. or, you know, this week. And now all of a sudden there's, there's maybe okay. the, the plan of going with the young guys doesn't look so good anymore, Ben. So you've got two of the best players from last year still available that could help your rotation. And you're like, I don't want them. I don't buy it. Okay. Now, this is the area. Okay. okay, okay. Look, whatever Farhan wants to do, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be so hard if, for you to be positive. If yeah. Farhan wants me to drink a Negroni, <laughs> if Farhan <laughs> wants me to drink a Negroni, I'll take a Negroni. Look, they should have signed I, these guys. I, I, I think look, Farhan, look. Farhan wants to sign one of them, but he's going to make me drink the Negroni. That's what do you, what's what do you want me to do? You want me to crack on my month of positivity after, like, it's <laughs> been eight minutes? It's been eight minutes. <laughs> This is going to be the longest month of your life, man. <laughs> right. Okay, look, 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 I get it. I get it that this rotation is young and that's frightening to a lot of people. But, I, you know, here's the thing. Young players don't become great players until you give them the opportunity to play. Right? We talked about this, I don't know, a week or two ago. Like, it's, it's how a player becomes, it's how a, a, a prospect becomes a player. By yeah. playing Major League Baseball. Like, well, and, I don't and, understand this belief, this idea that's like somehow like they I, I want to have them. I want them on my I want them on my 40 man, but I don't want them on my 26 man. Like, well, I don't like I don't get that. That makes no sense to me. Like, you cannot Keaton Wynn, Tristan Beck, Kyle Harrison. They're never going to become starting pitchers unless you let them be starting pitchers. Let I, them I mean, pitch. that's a great point. That's a great point. And I think. That's where the positivity could totally be reinforced with Farhan because Farhan has feeling a lot of pressure. Yes, he got a three-year extension, but there's some expectations around the Giants have to start winning. And he obviously firmly believes in these guys. 
And that is a huge risk. But it's also, to your point, a risk that needs to be taken if you're going to eventually allow your farm system to start producing. I mean, it's just absurd to me. It's absurd to me, this belief that like somehow like I want to have these prospects, but I never want to let them play. Like if these kids are ready. And by the way, Tristan Beck is 27 years old. He's not a kid. <laughs> he's got, he's, he's Wynn, a step closer to getting Social Security than he is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, Keaton Wynn, like you cannot like, like go ask yourself how many great players in Major League Baseball made their debut after they were 24 years old. Yeah. Like the yeah, numbers no, are many. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them were Cuban and couldn't be in major league baseball because they had to like, you know, defect from a whole country before yeah. they could do that. Like it just, or they were Japanese and they were locked in in that league. Right. Like you can't like, like you cannot wait on these kids. You have to roll the dice and this is the perfect year to roll the dice. And these are the kid to roll the kids to roll the dice on, like let them pitch. I get it though. You're worried. What happens if they get hurt? Then you let the other kids pitch. Wizenhunt. Black. You let them roll. Yeah, we saw who we saw today. Yeah. Let the kids play. And by the way, everybody keeps talking about the Giants like they only have one good starting pitcher. Like, has everybody forgotten about Kyle Harrison, who, by the way, today looked dominating in his first day at spring training? Like, the first two positions in the rotation are on lockdown. And Keaton Wynn is, I mean, he's got a sore elbow, but there's no structural damage to it. Like, we're going to let these kids play? Let them play. Don't yeah, don't I, bring in, like, a guy who walks a million guys like Snell to just take a job away from one of these kids. And then we got to hang on to him for eight years until he's, like, a thousand years old? Yuck. Well, and, and I think you bring up a good point, because if you look back to last year, the Giants had two starting pitchers, right? They had Logan Webb and Alex Cobb. And then they had bullpen games, three, three, the next three games. And you got to argue that we have a better situation this year than we did last year. And Kyle yeah. Harrison could absolutely outperform what Alex Cobb did last year. And especially, I mean, Alex Cobb was an all-star, you know, uh, in the first half. And yet Kyle Harrison has the upside to be able to do way better than that. And so you got guys like, you know, Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck and, and Hicks, these were they were signed or brought in to do that job. And and they're yes, we've got Robbie Ray and Alex Cobb coming back later. But I think the Giants are I, I want I, it hurts to say this, but I think they're smart in trying to and just basically doubling down on their farm system and saying this is the time. Right. And and, and it could fail miserably. It totally could. But you got to take that risk at some point because right? you'll never know. You'll never yeah. know. And it's way better to fail with Wynn and Beck than it is to fail with Snell and Montgomery. Absolutely, right? because then you got the cost associated with it. Yeah, that. like it, it's just a way bigger risk to go out and sign these old guys to these huge contracts when you have these young guys who are all showing they're ready. Yeah. Like, well, and you this- look at those two guys. I mean, Montgomery is a guy that's going to give you innings. He's going to be like a third or fourth starter kind of guy, but he's going to be reliable. But then you look at someone like, you know, Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck and and even Hicks with his hundred plus mile per hour velocity, and they all have the potential to be better than that. And I think that's what the Giants are betting on is that 
you know, for the cost that they're, they just spent, they'd rather invest in that and to ride that potential out than to spend $18 million a year for the next five years on someone like Jordan Montgomery. And I, yeah. I feel like that's probably a good call. You've got this huge farm system full of starting pitcher types. Now's the time to dip into that and see what you got. And, right. and it's a risk. It totally right. is a risk. But it's, but what if it pans out, right? And they then have, you're looking at something that could be special. And they have so many options that could turn into something special, right? It's not yeah. just win and Beck, right? right? It's Wizenhunt, it's Birdsong, it's Black. It's like they've got a lot of guys lining up. And, and if you block them all with these old retreads and with millions of dollars salaries and all of this sort of stuff, it, it's just like you're just putting a big blocker in front of all of that. Why did you spend all this time rebuilding the farm system if you're not going to let the kids play? Let the kids play. And this is where the Giants' strength is in, the, in terms of player development. It's in starting pitching. Yeah. They clearly aren't very good anywhere else. It's like it's okay. I know a lot of people are super high on on Bailey and and I like Bailey too. I don't I don't think he's going to be quite the hitter that everybody expects. And and I know the Giants are high on Luciano, which I I know that you and I are not so, but this is my month of positivity, so like I'm going to roll with it. But I think it's time for us to talk about Matthew like 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 I said, if Chapman wanted to be a Giant, he'd be a Giant. You know, and if he wants to be a giant and if the fit is so good and he and he really wants it, why aren't you here? Like, why aren't you here, dude? Like, why aren't you a giant already? Yeah, it's because you want your money. So you want to be rich more than you want. And it's not rich. It's like I want to be uber rich and it's not even uber rich. Like, I want to be 10 percent more rich. You know what? If you didn't have Boris as your agent and you had some other agent who was cheaper you probably would have made that money back by now. So, like, if you wanted to be a giant, you'd be a giant. So, Matthew, you know what I want to talk about? You want to talk about players that want to be giants. That's right. I want to talk about the guys who are giants and want to be giants and also Michael Conforto. Well, I, I, don't, <laughs> think, I, don't, I don't think we can talk about anybody that wants to be a giant more than Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) The panda is back, Ben. I think Logan Webb wants to be a giant more than Kung Fu Panda. Like, I think think Logan Webb, well, yeah. It's equal. It's equal. equal. I was going to say, I think that Panda has, you know, Farhan himself said that the reason they signed him was because he needed, he was running out of space on his phone from all the videos. He was was bothering everybody. Like he and sent text messages to you like, and me. You, you, then you hear like guys like JD Martinez didn't want to sign with the Giants, and 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 yet you have Pablo who wants to be here, and I love that. You know, I mean, his story is great. He, he's probably not going to make the team, but I I can't wait to see how he does in the spring. I can't wait to hear all the stories about how he's impacting the younger players, and and he looks great. And I you know I I hope I hope that he does what he wants to do because that is. That's amazing, and it's really great to have Panda back in the the Giants' fold. I think Pablo Sandoval should be a Giant for as long as he wants to be a Giant. I just don't think it's going to be as a player. Roll right. Yeah, I like him being on the team right now. I Pablo Sandoval brings an energy that that is infectious, 
And and you've already seen it, I think, in the early days, right? And his interactions with Zhang Huli and the rest of the team. And, you know, he was there taking ground balls with Marco Luciano, which is like, how can you not love that? Right? Like, right, how yeah. can you not love having a guy like pa- Pablo Sandoval next to a kid like Luciano? Like, that is, I think, nothing but a positive. But as we already talked about at the beginning of the show, like, there's nothing. I mean, Pablo Sandoval is not going to win a job. A lot. If Pablo Sandoval is on the twenty-six man roster on opening day, a lot of people got hurt. Yeah, Wilmer Flores and JD Davis were both like, like, like run over by a truck. Yeah, right. I mean, like something very bad happened, which we don't want to have happen. So, like, I mean, maybe Casey Schmidt's junk got exposed too much, and he had to take some overexposure. You know, time off. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so, so, so Sandoval is not going to make the team. But but at this but given the way he his his attitude and and what he brings like this is a guy who should be a coach or some sort of instructor on the organization for forever and uh, and so like I'm excited that he's there and I'm not concerned that he's there I know a lot of fans are like oh he's taking a roster spot like no he's not he's not taking no, he's not. time away from anybody. And like maybe you're worried about whatever at bats he's going to have that some kid isn't going to have. Those at bats are meaningless, right? That kid is still going to have those at bats in the minor league training camp. Nobody's like major league career is being impacted by Pablo Sandoval in a negative way. Is being negatively impacted by Pablo Sandoval being there because it's not a serious. It's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. Like the only way that Pablo Sandoval ends up on the 26 man roster is he has an amazing spring. And disaster strikes on the injury side. And none of us want that to happen, right? But I think we can all agree that having Pablo there is a huge, huge impact. Right now, Austin Slater is no longer the oldest giant, right? (laughs) And we lost Crawford, but now we have a guy who was on the World Series teams, right? That connection continues, and so that's great. nothing but a positive. So I'm I'm and, glad he's there, and I, I think it's a huge impact. Me too. And he did say that uh, he would accept a, an assignment to Sacramento if he didn't make the opening day roster, which if that happens, dude, you and I have to get to Sacramento and watch the River Cats play once and for all. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe that's where I'll drink my Negroni when they sign Chapman and Mont- <laughs> Montgomery. No, so I don't I, want Montgomery. I, I, so I, I do have a question for you around around the guys on the roster that we do have. So okay. you know, everybody acknowledges that Logan Webb is obviously the the guy that anchors our rotation. And and there seems to be a lot of question marks, at least among the pundits, around everyone else. And yeah. and probably legitimately so, right? I mean, they're unproven. Oh God, unproven. But maybe, maybe, that. maybe Kyle Harrison is ready to be that guy. <laughs> and, maybe? and I want I, I want to read a quote to you from from Tom Murphy, our newly signed backup catcher today, who said, he said, and I quote, he was explosive today. I feel like every guy that was up there was commenting on how they had literally no chance against his fastball. He could have thrown that every pitch, but obviously we're here in spring training trying to get things ready and made him pitch a little bit. He lived up to the bill for sure. And I think that kind—I mean, Tom Murphy's not some like rookie catcher. He's a no, guy that's been around. Tom Murphy is and, a great backup catcher. 
That's yeah, why the Giants and went so out and got for him, him. Yeah. And for him to say something like that, I think, is really indicative to talent that, that Kyle Harrison is bringing to the season. And he got some valuable experience last year. You know, started, what, eight games or something like that. I feel like Harrison can step into that number two role and be really, really good. And nobody seems to be really ready to acknowledge that. Like, you know, it's one of those things where nobody wants to say how good he is until they've seen him be that good. Right. But he's the top left-handed prospect in Major League Baseball. Like, there's no other prospect that has more uh, more upside than Kyle Harrison. So how can you be down on a guy that has that much potential and now all of a sudden has experience and is ready to put it all together? I think Kyle Harrison's going to have a great year. Kyle Harrison is the number one left-handed pitcher prospect in baseball. And he's still a prospect because he still qualifies as a rookie. He is one of the top 10 rookies uh, prospects in baseball. He is, I think, one of the rookies of the year candidate, right? I would be very interested to watch him compete against Yamamoto for that award. Mm, Interesting, yeah. Because that veteran player, Yamamoto, was actually going to qualify as a rookie. So I think that, you know, Harrison, Harrison is the number two pitcher in the San Francisco Giants rotation. I want to remind that, like, like, I don't know if any pundits listen to our show, but like fans, listeners, if you see any pundits, like if you're drinking a cocktail next to a pundit in a bar, just tap that guy on the shoulder and say, hey, did you guys forget about Kyle Harrison? Kyle Harrison is legit. He has a potential to be one of the dominant pitchers in baseball. He is definitely going to be in the rookie of the year runnings this year. I think there's a potential that he could be a Cy Young guy, right? My money's on Webb. But like the sky's the limit for Kyle Harrison. Kyle Harrison is expected to be in the rotation all year long, even when Cobb and Ray come back. And he might be ahead of them. Kyle Harrison is legit. So all of those people who think the Giants rotation only has one guy, like, I don't know what you all are doing. Like, this is what we've all been waiting for. You've all been hyping this kid up forever, and now suddenly you've all forgotten that he exists. And, well, I mean, he proved today, like, well, you all forgot about about me at your own detriment. Kyle Harrison is the guy. I will say this. Pavlovich, once he came back from his... Uh, paternity Paternity leave leave. was like, why did everybody forget about Kyle Harrison? (laughs) Agreed. He's the voice of reason among all the Right, I know. It's like everybody seems to think that Kyle Harrison, like, oh, he debuted last year. He's done. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. yeah. He's not like Casey Schmidt or David VR. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going, that has so much more talent. And, 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 you know, for going back to Tom Murphy's, you know, comment. Every guy up there was commenting on how they had literally no chance against this fastball. Yeah, no, that I, that just speaks volumes. This is this is this is. I think I think he's one of the guys that we're going to be so glad had the exposure that he did last year, and is going to be a different kind of player. We should expect a Logan Webb kind of performance out of him this year, just like the performance that we got out of Logan Webb two years ago, right? Like. Yeah, like this is the guy. This is the guy, except he's got more of a pedigree behind him, you know, and and I think we should be just as equally excited about him as we are about Patrick Bailey and 
and Zheng Hu Li. Like, these are all guys that, like, if they live up to their billing and what baseball people way smarter than us, like, I know I bash on Farhan all I want, but, you know, this is this is my month of positivity. Like, these guys all believe in these guys to be major contributors. And everybody's all like, oh, no, but they've never done it at the major league level before. Oh, God, what does that mean? It means they're going to dominate. They're going to be the exciting new guys, right? Somebody like that happens every year. Yeah, it right? happens every year, but not for the Giants. And I think that's the problem yeah. is that people haven't seen this in a very long time. And they don't really remember what it's like to have a guy come up and make an impact as a rookie because, man, it's been a while, right? Joe Panic, maybe, you know, like, I mean, it's been a while. And Joe so, Pan- Joe, yeah, I do. I think I think even Joe Panic was like low key. I think a lot of Giants fans would probably forget about him. Yeah. Right. I mean, Matt uh, yeah, Duffy, yeah. Joe Panic were probably the last two. Yeah. yeah. Which is saying something, right? That was that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, and 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 I know that something that's been talked about is that stat about how bad the Giants have been at drafting. There's that 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 image that went around on <laughs> on social media. But, you know, we talked about it like I don't know a month or two ago. We talked about how bad the Giants were at drafting. Yeah. And and that that's that if you hadn't seen it, folks, uh, Susan Slusser from the Chronicle retweeted a tweet that got a lot of traction around. It showed everybody's first round draft picks for the last ten years and their cumulative war uh, over that time. And the Giants not only were dead last, they were the only team in the negative, right? In negative war for their first round picks over the last ten years. And and the the re- only reason that they were even close to being positive was because of Patrick Bailey and his like. Two months of of service last year uh, got him a zero point eight war to bring him up to negative three or a negative point three. So so yeah, it, it was embarrassing and it, but not surprising because we yeah you and I talked about this a while back. We've been recognizing this for a while. Well, I mean yeah, we have been recognizing this for a while, and and I think this is one of the reasons why the regime changed. And and well, I think yeah. I mean, and and yeah. and also we talked about like one of the reasons, you know, I've said, why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long for this regime to fix things? And it's like, well, because it takes and again, we're redoing what we talked about two months ago. I wish we knew what episode that was in. But we talked about this a long time ago, which was how bad, how long it's taking for these guys to move up. But it's like when you draft kids that are 18 years old or you're signing international players who are 16 years old and they made their major league debuts at 23 years old, you know, that's seven years in some cases. And here we are only in year five of this regime. We got to, you know, but that's how bad the Giants were in their farm system after the World Series teams. Right. They had lev- they had leveraged everything. They had sold it all to try to stay competitive. And it didn't work. <laughs> right. Oh, they it sold, failed miserably. Yeah. It failed miserably. That's why 2016 and 2018 and the even years didn't continue is because they sold it all for nothing. And uh, and it takes time to rebuild all of that, right? The, this Giants farm system was absolutely empty, and it's taken a long time to get back to where it is. But now is the time. Like, we should start seeing results. And I think this is the year, right? I think we saw a little bit in the, a flash in the pan a couple of times last year, but this is the year where it really has to show. But it can never show if you don't let the kids play. Like kids like Kyle Harrison 
But and I know we're running up against the the end of the show, Matthew. But there are two other names that I think because we've talked about spring training and how like there's not a lot to like we can't rely on the numbers. Like fans focus on the numbers because there's really nothing else for us to focus on. Yeah. Right. Like we know wins and losses don't really matter, but we definitely want to focus on like who got the hits today and and who got the strikeouts and and who didn't. And and so we have to look at something as fans and 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 we don't get much else. But I, I guess my question for you is like, who are the players that San Francisco Giants fans should be looking to the most this season, this spring training rather? Like, who are the players that you care about the most? Well, I think I think there's two players that come to mind immediately, and one is Jung Hu Lee. Yes, uh, the biggest free agent signing that the Giants have, and uh, obviously has never played in the majors, and so that's a huge risk. And so I think everyone's going to be watching him and trying to decide whether he has the tools and can he put that together and make the adjustments to the major leagues. Uh, to be a productive major league player. So I think that's one. And the other yep. one has to be Marco Luciano. Agreed. Right? Because really, Otto Lopez, all, with all due respect to Otto Lopez. But he hit a home if, run today in February, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, and maybe he is the the answer. But, you know, Marco Luciano has been the Giants' number one prospect for several years. This is his time. This is the guy that they have been touting and have been waiting for. And he's the heir apparent to the arguably greatest shortstop in San Francisco Giants history. I don't think it's arguable. I mean, the greatest in Giants, his San Francisco history for sure. Uh, and, and he's the heir apparent. And now we have to see whether he can fill those shoes. And so I think Marco Luciano has a lot of expectations. There's a lot of 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 expectations weighing on him because Farhan has even gone out and said he's our guy, right? And yeah. they haven't done anything to bring in anyone outside of Otto Lopez that could challenge him for that position. So, yeah, Luciano and is a huge question mark. And and you, if you're not watching what he's doing, then you know what are you doing? Because if we don't have a legitimate shortstop at uh, by the opening day, we're in trouble. Yeah, I agree. So those are the two that come to my mind. I don't. I don't know if there's anyone else. No, I. I think. I think those are the. I mean, everybody's going to be talking about like I want to watch Solaire. I want to watch you know Matos. Yeah, but they've done it. We we yeah. kind of know what they can do. Well, not M- Matos, but yeah, Solaire. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of guys, but I. I think. I think both Lee and Luciano are interesting because they're two guys, especially Lee. He's the center fielder, right? He's the opening day yeah. center fielder. Like there's yes. there's no and doubt. I guess right-handers and left-handers. He's yeah. the guy. But at the same time, we want to see how he does during spring training because that's going to be the first time that he's seeing major league quality pitching and and we just all want to know what we're getting. But yeah. we're going to see him. And apparently that's true for Luciano as well. And the Giants have not gone out and acquired somebody else who's an obvious replacement. Right? Like I did hear something crazy about how J.D. Davis said that Chapman can play shortstop. So so maybe that's a possibility if they sign I mean, Chapman. he says that because he wants to play third. He wants to play third base. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, so, uh, so, so I think those are the two guys. I think those are the two guys that we want to watch. And we just want to make sure that they're not getting, like, overwhelmed and that they're not playing horrible defense. 
because those are the two guys I think that on the offensive side and well, I mean, defensive side outside of pitching that the season is really going to swing around. Like, yeah. No, obviously well, we need we need Solaire to hit. We we need to rely on you know other guys to to do what we know that they can do. But like, if Lee and Luciano are washouts, then this is going to be a miserable year. Well, particularly yeah, and I think we focus on offense, but but defense specifically, right? It, you know, they if the Giants have said that they want to be strong up the middle and they've got Patrick Bailey, one of the best defensive catchers in in the game. Tyra Estrada graded out last year as one of, if not the best, one of the best second basemen in in the majors last year. Uh, So yeah, that means that, that Luciano and Lee are being counted on to produce high level defense. And, you know, there's been some question marks around Luciano's defense and a lot of the pundits and scouts have said, Oh, he won't stick there. Uh, but, you know, he showed that he could field the position last year in his short stints with the Giants. And so I there's no reason to think that he can't, but he has to continue that. And Jung-Hoo Lee, while he's adjusting to major league pitching, you still needs to play really Great good defense. defense. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that and if they can do that, then it really does help, I think, the overall team in terms of, you know, that that middle of the road defense or middle of the, the diamond defense is important. And yeah. so, yeah, those guys have to at least produce that. Right. I, and I think that's right. I think it's those two guys, like watching how Lee and Luciano adapt and perform and don't just become outright liabilities. Other than that, it comes down to what it always comes down to, which is injuries. <laughs> right. Right. And, and or as much regression, as I, right? I mean, you want to right, sure regression. Well, I don't care about regression in spring training. Like, whatever. No, it doesn't mean no. anything. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's more in the major, right. in the it, regular season. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, I think during spring training, it's really just like, let's watch what Lee and Luciano do and watch what happens on the injury front. And that's the only reason that I would accept drinking a Negroni at this point, is if somebody gets hurt. Okay. And, uh, right. yeah. Otherwise, let the kids play, and then Matthew's got to drink play. a Negroni. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and, and as much as I, I would hate to drink a Negroni, I think... You've kind of convinced me that we don't really necessarily that that signing someone like especially Snell, but even even Montgomery, uh, not only does it cost a lot and could prohibit us from pursuing other avenues later, but also uh, blocks a lot of our young talent, and 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 so maybe that's not the best way. Perfect. To so means- maybe we need to we need to buy into the Farhan the Farhan philosophy and really in Farhan we trust. That's right. Is, and, is got to be our motto. And since both you and I agree, that means Farhan's going to do the opposite. So that means he's going to sign one of the Snell or Montgomery, which means our reverse psychology has worked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we'll see. We'll I see. guess we'll see. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time to talk about the uh, the trivia question answer. If you recall, the trivia question was, to begin the 2010 season, the Giants starting rotation consisted of the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Tim Lincecum, Matt Kane, Jonathan Sanchez, Barry Zito, and this guy, who was eventually replaced by 20-year-old Madison Bumgarner. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, 13 starts, 11 11 starts that he did in 2010. uh, I'm impressed because good old Todd Wellemeyer 
uh, started 11 games for the Giants uh, in 2010. He went three and five with a 5.68 ERA before the Giants said, yeah, we got something better in, in AAA or wherever. And uh, they released him in mid-August and brought up 20-year-old Madison Bumgarner to finish the 2010 season, which ended quite well for the Giants. So even though good old Todd Wellemeyer did not finish the season, he got a ring. So, you know, which was his last season in the majors, actually. Uh, Todd Wellemeyer actually won 13 games for the Cardinals uh, in 2018 or 2008, rather. And so, you know, he was a guy that they were hoping would, you know, keep keep them in in games. And eventually they let him go in favor of one of the all-time greats, Madison Bumgarner. So well, that is the answer. He got a World Series ring. And I, and I yeah. realized I, I said Trevor McDuff because I couldn't think of a name. I was going to I was really trying to think of Noah Lowry, who was. Oh, Noah Lowry. Oh, what could have been, man? But uh, that that was the name I was trying to, to trying to crunch out, but couldn't do it. Couldn't Noah do Lowry it. actually lives in Santa Rosa, where I, where I live and uh, um, owns a uh, sporting good business here. Um, so uh, and I've his kids and my kids actually went to the same school for a while. So I'd run into him in events and things. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. All right. Well, so looking forward to next week, uh, Ben, on Thursday's happy hour, I'm bringing a drink called Bloom County. And you Gen Xers out there may know uh, what that refers to. Uh, it doesn't actually refer to anything about the cocktail, but it is called Bloom County in in, retro, in, in respect to the comic strip that was popular in the 80s. Uh, ben, what are you drinking? I am having a mudslide. Wow. Speaking of the 80s. Because well, right. I'm, I'm being sweet and positive. That's right. The month of positivity. The, the, the month of positivity. Sweetness. The month of sweetness. I like it. I'm okay. having a mudslide to remind me that I'm on Team Farhan. In Farhan, we trust. Farhan yeah. or bust. Well, Go Giants! Tune in on Thursday. <laughs> tune in on Thursday for that. Surprisingly, mudslides don't have ice cream. Who knew? They don't. Uh, they don't. I mean, and, you can make something like that, but no, no. The original yeah, mudslide. Right. No ice cream. No, no ice cream. All right. Well, uh, there are opponents this week. But, you know, who really cares? There's so lots of different, you know, so many. So uh, hopefully we will, you know, tune into those games and learn something and have some fun because baseball's back. Woo-hoo! Uh, woo All right. So, folks, thanks for stopping by for another week of Giant Cocktails. Actually, I really appreciate the numbers. Our numbers have been growing during this offseason. Really hoping that you guys stick around even when the Giants start losing. Okay, right. uh, because, you know, we'll, we'll try and make it fun. Uh, we've got some new things planned for the New Year's, which we will announce uh, before the start of the season. Right. And uh, so look forward to that. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on the socials uh, at uh, the, the platform formerly known as Twitter and Instagram and Threads and Mastodon. We are at Giant Cocktails. Uh, we post uh, recipes, and and when the games start, we actually have some fun on on good old X. So definitely follow us there. Good and uh, I know the platform formerly known as Twitter. I know I actually God. used the actual. There's nothing good about it. It's definitely yeah. old. And, and good old good old platform formerly known as Twitter. Join us there. And uh, don't forget to rate us. Uh, in fact, oh, that reminds me. So we actually had a really great review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I wanted to read it really quickly. It is by a user named SMB Forever, 
and clearly written by ChatGPT. But uh, it says, which there's a grand slam podcast. Nothing wrong with that, actually. In fact, we might encourage you to do this. But it says, step up to the plate with the dynamic duo behind Giant Cocktails podcast, where cocktails and the San Francisco Giants collide in the ultimate sports meets spirits showdown. Hosted by two passionate brothers with a lifelong love for baseball, this podcast delivers a refreshing blend of sports, commentary, mixology mastery, and brotherly banter. Each episode is a home run as they expertly craft cocktails inspired by Giants victories, losses, and everything in between, while delving into the latest team news, player insights, and game highlights. Whether you're a diehard Giants fan or just in it for the drinks, Giant Cocktails is a Grand Slam podcast experience that hits all the bases. Now, if that's not an amazing ChatGPT review, I don't know what it is. I, I would say, you know, there's nothing wrong with just typing into ChatGPT. Give me a really great review for the Giant uh, Cocktails podcast about Ben and Matthew and their amazing uh, banter. And, and I'm sure ChatGPT would spit out something really great. So, don't be afraid to use your technology, folks, to leave us a great review because it really does help the show. That's right. You know what? Maybe Matthew will even add a chat GPT prompt in our show notes that they can just copy and paste. I like it. I like it. So look for that and uh, make sure that you uh, give us a great review. <laughs> Well, having said that, Ben, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, we will see you next week when we talk about uh, the new signing of Blake Sm- Snell or Jordan Montgomery. And, hey, if that's uh, what Farhan wants to do, then I am fully in support. I will drink my Negroni. All right. I am fully in support because I don't want to drink my Negroni. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> having said that, Ben, uh, it's been great chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. I had ChatGPT write a prompt for ChatGPT. Ooh, that's really meta. I yeah, like that. That's, yeah, yeah. That's really so, getting. So, so here it is. It says, write a positive review for a podcast called, podcast name. The podcast is about podcast topic, and it is hosted by your name. Mention some specific episodes or segments that stood out to you and explain what you enjoy about the podcast style, content, and host. Make sure the review is engaging and encourages others to listen. So now I'm just going to copy that and I'm going to put in that same right for Giant Cocktails. It's about the San Francisco Giants. is hosted by Ben and Matthew Henry. All right, here we go. All right. Oh, it's giving me right. two responses. Oh, I should stop recording. Or we got to choose your best ones, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. Okay, one's running faster than the other. That's interesting. Oh my God, so long.
Okay, here we go. I'll read the shorter one first. Giant Cocktails is a must-listen for any San Francisco Giants fan or cocktail enthusiast. Hosted by Ben and Matthew Henry, this podcast blends the excitement of Giants baseball with the art of cocktail crafting, making for an engaging and unique experience. One standout episode for me was when they broke down a recent game's highlights alongside a recipe for a refreshing game day cocktail. What sets this podcast apart is not just the insightful baseball analysis, but the chemistry between Ben and Matthew. Their banter is entertaining, and their passion for both the Giants, and this sounds very familiar, and crafting the perfect drink shines through in every episode. Whether you're here for the sports talk, the cocktail recipes, or the dynamic duo of Ben and Matthew, Giant Cocktails delivers. Give it a listen. It's a home run for your ears and taste buds. That sounds very like the review that we got from our... It sounds so much shit. All right, hang on. I gotta stop my recording.